This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're also co-authors of the book, Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. We're visiting today with Adam Black, a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank. Uh, we're going to be talking about purchasing a home with a mortgage, some of the things we hope to talk about throughout the hour, what types of loans are available, how interest rates are charged, and the best length for you in your situation. So if you have a question, about buying a home with a mortgage, you can give us a call, but we also always look for your other personal finance questions as well. Our phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or you can email the show, send it to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning to everyone. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm dealing with one of those rare summer colds, so I've been kind of up and down. So keep uh, your distance. Well, I I think I'm past. Hopefully, I'm past. Glad the, I'm on uh, this end today. The uh, the contagious stage, but it's uh, been kind of a rough couple of days. I'll feel fine for a while and then feel like I'm about to fall out. So, uh, but uh, here I am, and we'll make it through the hour for sure. So, Nancy, good to see you back uh, on your various adventures. Glad to have it's, you back with us. It's hotter here than where I was. Ah. it's very hot here. Yeah, Welcome it's summertime. Back. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what about uh, financial news in the news? Well, um, it's not starting off pretty this morning on Wall Street. And between yesterday and today, we've actually given back all the gains that we've made so far. That's just the nature of the stock market. But so far this month, I believe. This what month? You're talking about? We've given up the gains of the month. I thought it was for the whole... For the whole year? Yeah, we may. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's been bouncing around. You might be it right. It has been. But um, this is all about these um, proposed tariffs. And even though the tariffs have not gone into effect yet from any country. Um, business is concerned about it, and that's causing uncertainty. And of course, the worry is that these will be um, instituted and that this will be escalated, and this will cause all kinds of problems. And that is dovetailing with the rise in interest rates, exactly. which Adam certainly knows about. So we've already had two rate increases. Is that right, Ryder? Yes. And we are expecting two more, and we had hoped we might stick to just three this year, but but that's going to be four for the year. And they will be gradual, but certainly that causes a slowdown in many areas. And, Adam, we're already hearing about some slowing in the housing industry. We are uh, nationally. You know, locally we still have a lot of new construction going on and, and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of urge to buy. So uh, we haven't really felt that pinch, which is normally the case. We're a little bit later than everyone else. But, uh, yeah, the rates are, are on the rise. It, it's coming. 
That's uh, Adam Black. He's our guest this morning, a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank. And we'll get uh, to uh, mortgaging mortgages in just a minute. But, uh, Ryder, we've got a couple of emails that we want to clear up. Okay, so the first email, this is, oh, my gosh, I, I, whoever sent this in, I love this. This is fantastic. Um, my oldest grandson just graduated from high school. Fortunately, I'm comfortably situated as I face my old age and am thinking about starting him a Roth IRA as a graduation gift, maybe around $5,000. I, I I love I love these people. I may add that when he graduates, I may add to that when he graduates from college. Um, I know planning ahead is a good idea, but is this just way too far in the future to be considered? By the way, I have six other grandchildren for whom I will need to do the same thing. Uh, one, congratulations on the six grandkids. Uh, this is going to take some budgeting, obviously, if you're doing this for six kids, uh, and there might be some more on the way. So just make sure make sure you can treat them all fairly. Um, but what a great kickstart. This is this is amazing. Um, I know that planning ahead is a good idea, but is this just way too far in the future? It is never too early. I would pound the table, but Nancy complains every time I hit the table. <laughs> but one <laughs> caution, you have to make sure there those. are earnings. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm Nancy, stepping on Nancy, your... I've, I've written notes. I've I, I know how I'm going to answer you know? this and everything. She's just so excited to talk and hear her voice. And I know y'all are too, but I got to hear my voice first. Um, so with a Roth IRA, the important thing is that you have earned income. There are limits to how much you put in. Uh, the general limit is $5,500 for someone his age, um, unless he graduated high school at age 59. Um, but it's also limited by your earned income. So if he had a summer job and earned $4,000, you can put up to $4,000 in there. Um, if he earned over $5,500, you can put up to 5500 And that's, that's in a calendar year. Right, and that's in a calendar year, um, so not any, you know, you can't make up your own year. Uh, so that's the general limit there. Absolutely a great idea. As you know, with a Roth IRA, you put money in, it comes out of your income, you know, you've already paid taxes on it, you never pay taxes on it again. Also, it is, it, it's kind of a flexible account because you can take out up to $10,000 to uh, pay for the down payment on first for the first home you buy. So it is flexible in that way. And there are some other rules about taking money out. Uh, one thing, if you're going to do this for a high school student, they are not an adult yet. Mm. So the way the account is styled will be different than when he or she graduates from college. That's a good point. Um, and that does that. If it is styled, I would recommend since he's not taking any money out that it be styled in the grandparents name as custodian for the child. Um, that way, when it comes to uh, IRAs are counted tiny, 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 tiny for financial aid anyway, but that way it wouldn't be counted at all. I believe if it were styled in the grandparents name as custodian, once he reached age 21, then it would become his. And right. as with those other kids. And by the way, if he were 59 and graduated high school, that would be an interesting story as well. Yeah, call in with that one. Well, it could happen. No, no, I would say that would be a good story. Also, 59 and his grandparents are giving him money. That's great. That's a, that's a story core for sure. Um, and this other one is as relevant to what we're doing today. If I have a larger sum to set aside to buy a house in five years, what should I do with it? Um, Look, the important thing, if you're setting it aside for a specific goal that's only five years away, is that you put it in something where you're not going to lose it. Um, so as a big a fan as I am of the stock market and things for longer term goals, this is a short-ish term goal. Um, 
they suggest they say CDs or money markets. I'd say sure. Um, that's fine. CDs, maybe on five-year CD, you're going to get about 3%. Uh, if you stuck it in a ladder of CDs, you know, say you had $5,000, you put $1,000 away for a year, $1,000 away for two years, and so on and so forth, you might average about 2% or something. It's not exciting, but again, the important thing is that you're not losing that money. Um, and if anybody else wants to chime in on a good instrument for that, feel free. Sounds good to me. All right. All right. There we go. Very good. Reminder of our phone number. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. The email address is money at mpbonline.org. Our main focus this morning is mortgage loans, but as always on Money Talks, we look for any of your personal finance questions. So uh, give us a call if you have one. To reintroduce our guest this morning, it's Adam Black, a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank. Adam, thanks for joining us. If you would tell us a little bit about your background. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Renaissance Bank. I'm at the Madison branch. I have been in the business for going on 15 years now. I live in Gluckstadt with my family, my wife Candy, and two kids. Uh, Started out, as most do, at a a brokerage uh, and then ended up with a national lender for a few years and then to the banking industry. So uh, it's been a great ride. Love the business. Um, Unfortunately, was in it during the downturn, which uh, actually gave me a different perspective on it. And I love the business. All right. Uh, Maybe kind of dovetailing off that email we had, uh, if uh, a couple or a family is looking to buy a home but they're not quite ready, it's it's something that they want to say in the next five, six, seven years. What are some things uh, that they could do in that run-up to make them more prepared when it comes time to to start trying to buy a house? Well, first of all, I love that. I love for people to be prepared. I think you need to align yourself with a professional. Uh, you need to build a team around you, a mortgage professional, uh, financial planners, um, everybody that's going to be involved with that because there are so many different variables to buying a home um, that impact what happens in the end. The biggest thing you want to look at is, is do you – and I hate to say this, but do you really want to wait five years? What what impact could that have? And being able to sit down and go through some software that can go, okay, if, if rates go to this, if rates go to this, what's the impact? You know, the money you save within that five years, it may get eat up in an interest rate. You know, you're thinking forward, not not always, but it but it's very possible. So a lot of times. Uh, people are are you know listening to the influencers in their life, uh, you know grandparents, parents, friends. They need to quantify that. They need to sit down with a professional and say, you know, here's what I'm thinking. How does this play into the to the real deal? What what do I need to really think about? And a lot of times we can dig into that and. and talk about some things that, that we see on a daily basis that, that they don't and that could impact their decisions. So, Adam, uh, when people are talking about I'm, I'm going to be saving for five years, they're talking about saving the down payment. Correct. So a typical down payment would be 20% of the value of the house, right? Incorrect. No? <laughs> so big, tell me Big misnomer. Well, what yeah. you would prefer. Well, what that's what we you would prefer. Pre- yeah, what you would prefer. You know, ultimately, the the the... The reason the 20% has fell in there and became what everybody's standard is is because that gets rid of mortgage insurance. So tell us okay. about mortgage insurance yes. and what cost that adds to our right. um, payment. Mortgage insurance is is basically the same thing as gap insurance is on a car. It is there to protect the lender if there's ever a default. So we're assuming worst case as a lender. We're assuming at some point you're going to default on the mortgage. We're going to have to come in and 
foreclose on the property. And we're more likely to default if we have less money of our own in the game, right? That's exactly right. Skin in the game. That's that's exactly that's what happened during the crash. We were doing all of these hundred percent programs for anyone. And there are people that still to this day deserve them and, and you know they they have a place in the market. But it became rampant. People didn't have skin in the game. They walked away from their homes. You know, there was no investment there. So how much does it cost to have this gap or mortgage insurance? Well, it varies. It's, it's, there are several factors that go into it. Credit score, the amount of down payment you do have. The program actually impacts it. Different programs have different amounts. Um, you know, you may see it as low as like I'm doing one right now that I remember from yesterday. It's $28 a month. So the guy was. And on what's, what's the value of the house on that? That's about a $280,000 loan. Oh, that's a yeah. surprise. Oh, but, wow. but it's because he had excellent credit. He was putting down about 10%. You know, and his, his, what he was, here's the situation. He was asking me to look at 15% down, and it was totally depleting his savings to do 15% right. down. And in his mind, he had been told, I need to get to 20%. I need to mm-hmm. get to 20%. But once I showed him the difference in 15% down and 10% down, and that lower, that low mortgage insurance, he was like, well, that really doesn't make sense. You know, and I, and I showed him five years down the road, each program where he would be, which is about the amount of time he thinks he'll be in the area. And, you know, he was more comfortable. He said, you know, that, that gives, me, gives me some money to save in my savings. All right. So let's go back. Uh, I said 20% is typical. You said no. That's what you aim for. What is typical as you can, far as a down payment? So, so average overall, I was looking the other day, actually, is about 4% now. And that's yeah, here that's, in this that, area. That's as nationally. Well? That's nationally. Um, you can do. There are several programs. Um, Fannie Mae conventional programs will do three percent down first time homebuyers. FHA is the one that everybody considers their first time homebuyer in quotation marks. That's three and a half percent down. And then you go to another conventional well, that's pro, that's five percent down. So that's you know three three and a half five. percent That's a big difference as far as well, when you can get into that house. It is mm-hmm. huge because when you look at how high rents are in our area. In the Tri-County area, they are so high, you know, compared to our average sales price. You look at what you spend over a year's time in rents, and it's unbelievable, not to mention the tax benefits of owning a home. So I need to jump in here in just a minute. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue discussing uh, mortgage loans with our guest, Adam Black, a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank. We're also looking for any personal finance questions you have. So if you're interested in mortgage loans or just any kind of personal finance question, give us a call this morning. We've got some open phone lines. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. are interested in shopping for a home, we covered that topic with guest Danny Lee, president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors, on June 12, 2018. You can find that show online at mpbonline.org slash money talks or wherever you download your podcasts. 
Money Talks House Shopping. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Adam Black, a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank, talking about mortgage loans. We're looking for your questions about mortgage loans and any personal finance question that you have. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 877 672-7464. We've got some open phone lines, so we're ready to handle your questions. Um, so, Adam, we started our discussion sort of about uh, things to do prior to getting into the home buying uh, process. And you mentioned uh, credit scores, credit rating. How, in, how important is that to try to maintain a, a good credit score and, and credit rating as you head into buying a house? Uh, very important. I would say it's it's top of the list. Uh, you know, the better so, that score is, the, in most cases, the, the more programs you're going to qualify for and, and the better interest rate, of course. What are the break points in the credit score uh, as far as the, the various rates you can get at different scores? Yeah, so so starting at, uh, let's, say, um, let's say on a conventional loan, starting at 640, it's probably going to be from 640 to 680 is going to be your, your lower tier. Then that's 680 to 700, and then it's in probably multiples of, of 25, 700 to 725, 725 to 750. Uh, anything over 750, we're, con- we're considering excellent at that point. Mm-hmm. At that point, it doesn't matter if you're 750 or if you're 810. You know, you're going you're gonna to qualify for the best there is. So uh, what's the average score that you're dealing <laughs> with right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Every loan officer is different because of their book of business. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, and, and I've seen dips in that in, in my career. Right now, my average client averages around 700. Yeah, and, I, and that's just because 14 years in the business, I've kind of cultivated those relationships. And so what kind of rate on a 30-year loan can you get with a 700 credit score right now? Uh, we're so reluctant to quote rates because of CFPB. Oh, come on. <laughs> we want to hold your feet to the fire. What's the difference between an interest rate right now of a, of a really, high, really high and really low? Like really, how so, much so of a difference is Really that? high and really low. It could be as much as, depending on the program, it could be as much as, as three quarters of a point. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it could Cause, be. Cause but in that always, case, a lot of times you'll shift them to another loan program that, that you know, like, for example, FHA doesn't mm-hmm. have the credit score hits as much. Okay. Yeah. So that's that was one thing. I've always not been super clear on with mortgages because when I got my first mortgage, I don't know that I had a credit score. I may have had maybe something on my credit record, but I got an FHA loan, mm-hmm. so I'm under the impression that that was way less important That's there. right. Yeah, yeah. It becomes it becomes less important as you get into the government loans because that's what they're designed for. They're designed to help homeowners or help renters become homeowners. Get started. Yeah. yeah. So um, how does someone who is looking to buy a house determine how much house they can afford? How much can you afford and how much should you afford? That's two uh, different those things. are two different <laughs> questions. You know, and that, and that is something point. that Again, aligning yourself with a great mortgage professional because I can go out there and get you qualified for for four hundred thousand dollars. That doesn't mean you need to go out there and spend four hundred thousand uh, dollars. There have been a many a time when I've you know had that awkward discussion with someone and said, "Hey, is this really what you want to get into just to keep up with the Joneses?" And, that, mm-hmm. and that's so that's important. Um, but you know, we want to look at long term. What what are your goals? You know, how long are you going to be in the house? Um, do, you, do you already have kids? Or are you going to have kids? Because all those add expenses, we all know that that have oh. kids. That's the most expensive thing you I can do. I can afford do, right? a lot of things if I didn't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we—that's that's what's so important is is 
is that LO, that loan officer, is he on the other line of just wanting to get your Social Security number and your date of birth and your job information and run an application, or is he asking you those questions, you know, and getting a basis of what you're wanting to achieve? Because your home is, is you know, in the same way that you guys are, are in wealth building, your home is a great wealth building tool if it's used as such. And that is so important to align yourself with someone that's going to walk you through that. And I just want to emphasize what he said there my first uh my first mortgage the loan officer he i mean he went to the ends of the earth to get me the the loan that fit what i needed um because we had talked about um we, t- we talked about terms and i really 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 wanted a 15 year um and and he found the program and i mean he called me one day he was on the road he had just been talking to somebody else about my loan and he was like okay here's what we're going to do you're going to put this much down we're going to do this this this, this and we're going to and that's going to get you in this loan and that's going to be exactly what you wanted and you know there was a lot of back and forth to get to that point um but again you know the importance of talking about what i wanted out of it what what my payment what i could afford you know job stability neighborhood where i wanted to be all of that went into went into the calculation so while i can just go online i can i can run a mortgage amortization i can see how much a monthly payment is and be like does that fit in your budget yes or no that's 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 a step one of many. Mm-hmm. And so that's the importance of working with a good professional on something like that. Yeah. And normally what I will do is, is once I've gathered the basis of information and kind of got a, a snapshot of where they are, most people want to know how much can I qualify for. What I do is I back into that and go, hey, if you're sitting down on the first of the month and you're writing a check for your, for your principal and interest, your taxes and insurance, what is what feels good to you? Not not don't stretch yourself, but just what is that check that you go? Okay, that's not a big deal. And then I'll back into that. Okay, well that'll buy you that much house based on the down payment you've got right now, based on today's interest rates, or or, or you know a quarter or so higher just in case they go up between now and time you find a home. You know, based on all the variables, this is the kind of house you need to be looking at. And a lot of times that will surprise people. You know, they they really will. More house than they might have thought that they could qualify for. It will. Well, yeah. especially if you've been renting, and and yeah. as you mentioned, rental mm-hmm. rates are high. And if you've adjusted your budget to accommodate that rental rate, then that can be easily transferred over to a mortgage payment. Exactly. Exactly. We've got some open phone lines. Give us a call if you'd like to join in the conversation this morning with a question. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Reach us when you call one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're visiting today with Adam Black, a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank, talking about mortgage loans. What about uh, pre-approval for a mortgage? Uh, if you would talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that process is is, is fairly painless nowadays, uh, especially with technology. Um, you know, we have several different ways of doing it. We can do a phone interview and gather the information you need. It's normally going to take us 10 to 15 minutes to gather enough information to get started with. Uh, of course, we also have an online application that is, you know, iPhone-friendly and, and Android-friendly. Um, and then a lot of times, we, you know, if clients want to still come in, we still love to do face-to-face. It's, it's becoming less and less. You know, we probably... Uh, if I had to guess, we probably meet 25% or less of our clients now before the closing. It's, it's become, it's, it's crazy how, how disconnected we've all become. 
And again, I guess the idea of the pre-approval helps the people buying the house, again, understand really where they should be looking in terms of prices of houses and that sort of thing. It really does. It narrows that down. Um, it also gives them buying power. You know, a seller wants to know that you've been to a bank and you've been pre-approved and, and you know, that they can depend on that bank to close when they say they're going to close because they're taking their house off the market. They're more than likely putting a contract on another home. So you've got multiple families involved. You've got realtors involved. You've got cost involved. So, so that pre-approval is very, very important. That is, that is the first thing you need to do before you ever look at a home. So um, who can lend money to buy a house? Who can lend money to buy a house? As in <laughs> banks? Uh, yeah. So in our industry, you, you've basically got two tiers. You, you've got banks and you have non-bank mortgage lenders. Non-bank mortgage lenders are your, um, you know, normally your national lenders like the Quickens and uh, you know, Rocket or whatever they're called. Um, and then you've got your, your local banks that, that have a mortgage department and uh, in most cases nowadays are uh, table funding that loan and then selling it to a servicer. Uh, and, and we service a lot of our own stuff and several other banks do, but, but normally most everyone now just sends it to a servicer. Okay. Let's take another quick break. We're visiting today on Money Talks with Adam Black, mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank. We've got some open phone lines ready for your calls, either about mortgage loans or your personal finance questions this morning. The number is one mpb ring It's one 672 You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Adam Black, who is a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank. We've been talking primarily about mortgage loans, um, but uh, we always like to take your personal finance questions as well. A reminder of our phone number, it's 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show, send it to money at mpbonline.org. Jay has called in today from Vicksburg. Good morning, Jay. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Um, my question was, um, I have a property that I have as a, a commercial, commer- old commercial property that I've converted to residential use uh, as a single family home. And I've always been told that, um, you know, I have to get, you know, commercial loans, right? So I end up with much shorter terms and much higher interest rates than than traditional mortgages, even though the home is you know completely residential use. Is this 
the way it has to be or or not. That that is my question. Jay, uh, a question back to you: Is it zoned commercial? Yes, it is. Yeah, unfortunately, that's what's going to dictate that. Um, is it? it can he, is it can possibly, he go back to the um, zoning people yeah, that's and what I was ask, ask for some exception? Is it that? like in a downtown area or something that you've converted some old warehouses or something to, to single family or what? To, yeah, I, I converted a a uh, building that was built uh, stable that was built in 1880 into a home. So it's, uh, it's in can, a downtown area. Yeah, you might can get a variance for that. Uh, I know that's the same thing. Uh, I had a friend that did a, a mattress factory in Mobile into condos, and they just got a uh, they had a that's variance a to that to a condo. Place. So that's uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I would have to get it zoned something other than general commercial in order to you you would. Um, so how long has it been a residence? That's what I was going to be. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. How long I, have you done that? I, I've been using. I've owned the building for fifteen years. So I would think you should be able to go yeah. back to yeah. your city council or board of aldermen uh, or your your zoning commission and ask for some exception. And usually there are those uh, exceptions written into those zoning laws. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you have that, then Adam, if he has that, then can he go for a residential loan? Yeah, you can get a residential loan. The the, problem, the only other issue you may run into, Jay, is just getting comparables once the appraisal oh, yeah. is done. But... Um, that would be something that you could probably do on the private side of a bank, and and at sure. least get to a fifteen or twenty year term, and, and get it and get it fixed, possibly get the rate fixed, possibly. Um, love to talk to you about that if you want to give me a call later today. And that's a big deal too if you're looking mm-hmm. to sell that property at some point, huge. Because mm-hmm. whoever sure. is going to buy that needs mm-hmm. to know that they can get just a conventional mortgage. Exactly. Because right now I'm locked into you know five year terms, uh, five year terms, yeah. and you know interest rates are you know. Six. Yeah. Six, six and a quarter. Oof, wow! Yeah. And they're only going to go so, up. I hate to tell you. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that, that's really all I can do. And it's, um, you know, I, I, I look at people with more traditional homes, and I kind of salivate over. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> What's well, even more well, reason they, to get it paid well, off they would quickly? Consider to be high, I would consider to be low. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but Jay, you live in a stable. That's How pretty cool. cool. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful building. So. Yeah. It's a beautiful building. Hey Jay, why don't you call me later today at six zero one five four zero zero three zero two, and let me kind of. Um, I'll talk to my buddy down in Mobile that did that and, and kind of okay. get some ideas of how you did it and, and pass it along to you and try to help great. you walk That'd through it. that'd be fantastic. I'll sure. give you a ring. All right, sounds great. Thanks Thank for the you. call, Jay. Mm-hmm. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're looking for your personal finance questions and also any mortgage loan-related question you have. We're visiting today with Adam Black, who's a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. And as Ryder mentioned, there's some sort of certain of turning a mattress factory into a condo. I, I was thinking how that <laughs> no. somehow could work into the market. Just leave I, the mattresses there. so well in there. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just throw out a couple of terms for you, uh, Adam, and then okay. you can tell them about it. Conventional versus a government-backed loan. Yeah, uh, you know, government-backed loans are normally your your FHA and USDA, meaning that the government is backing them. A little misnomer. Some people think that that means the bank is protected in case of foreclosure, and it's not. Uh, it's just uh, it just means that they're investing their money into it to to. Uh, to supplement it. But it also means a, uh, typically a lower interest rate because of cases, that backing. Yeah, in most cases, that's correct. Yeah. Now, we've seen that gap, actually, as rates have increased. Uh, interestingly enough, we've seen that gap narrow. Really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And there's... Um, 
one reason for that is that unfortunately the government loans don't perform as well. You know, so there, there's more, uh, there's more late pays, there's more defaults. So mm-hmm. investors are looking at that, and and they want so a little bit more squeeze, yeah. for the ju- a little bit more juice for the squeeze. They're pricing in that mm-hmm. probability of default. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, talk to us, if you would, about uh, adjustable rate versus a fixed rate. So adjustable rate mortgage is, is a rate that, that is just that. It is going to adjust uh, at different increments, usually a five, seven, or 10-year term. Uh, that means that whatever you lock that rate in the day you close or whatever the rate is the day you close, it's going to stay that way for whatever term you do. Five, seven, or 10 is the normal. Um, at the end of that term, that rate can adjust uh, based on the caps on it, and it could adjust, you know, one point, two points, whatever it may be. And, and there's several, there's five or six different uh, things that determine that, where rates are at at the time, how much it can adjust, how often it can adjust. Um, we're seeing it become more popular again, uh, simply because people are trying to maximize their money. And our average client only stays in a house about in a house about four and a half years in our area. But that really concerns me with rates rising as quickly as they are now. That mm-hmm. you are really opening yourself up to much higher payments. You are, and the discussion you have as a responsible loan officer is: Are you sure you're not going to be in that house past that period? And I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, we had a, I did one for a physician the other day that knew without a doubt in three years he's gone. So he did a five year. So he's got two years after that third year to, to sell the house. You know, so he's he's totally comfortable. Yeah, with that. that would be. It's not something know, that you want to put a new family into that that may mm-hmm. be in there ten, fifteen years, twelve years, whatever. It, it's it's a it's very much again sitting down with the team, the financial planner, the the buyer, and and making that decision. Are we positive on this? You know, so and you look at what the savings can be, and some people think it's worth it. Some people, you know, some people don't. But I guess the two things to look at again, you know, is the the length of before it readjusts and then how much it can go up or I guess technically well, down. And, That's and right. every contract is different. So if you get an adjustable rate mortgage, you better read the fine print. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Now, you know, a few years ago when, when the government got involved in our business and changed that, it's spelled out very, very clearly. Good. Now. Yeah, yeah. It's there's no there's no small print anymore. There's a lot of paperwork involved, but, <laughs> but there's no small print. It, it's it's spelled out you know, very clearly. We're visiting today on Money Talks with Adam Black, a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank. And we've got, again, some open phone lines ready for your questions. The number to call, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 You can email the show. It's money at mpbonline.org. So um, when someone comes in or works online, what um, what's involved in the, the loan application? What sort of information uh, is needed, and, and how does that proceed? Initially, it's very basic. It's going to be, you know, uh, Social Security number, date of birth, job information, asset information. We normally don't even ask for liabilities because that's going to populate once we pull a credit report. Um, that's the basics. And then from there, it's up to the LO to go in and go, okay, that prompts this question. That prompts this question. What happens here? What happens here? And uh, so it, it's very basic. Uh, it's, it's, it's a 10-minute process at best. Well, and it has gotten easier for the person applying just because so much of our records are digital yeah. now. So you can pull your W-2s from your employer's yeah. side. You can uh, pull statements from your bank side or your brokerage side. And so it's a lot easier much. to then supply them with what they're looking for because they're looking for hard evidence. Correct. You know, and an example of that is uh, Fannie Mae, one of the conventional loan programs now, has what's called day one certainty. 
we enter in the client's uh, social date of birth, job information, the basics, and uh, we go to a particular uh, verification of employment website. And it pull, if it pulls in the correct information, Fannie Mae will verify that and say, no need for pay stubs, no need for W-2, oh, wow, no need yeah. for tax terms. And, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of those. So. We've got some open phone lines ready for your calls. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Waiting just a minute. We've got a call coming in. Um, so, but uh, once you're kind of pre-approved for a mortgage, then it's the house buying process. And I guess, I mean, do you rest easily at that point? And then I guess at closing is the next time that that would come up here or yes. where along the process would, does it stay involved? Yeah. So, so, so the basic process, and, and of course it can be more detailed than this, but the, the basic process is the pre-approval. And once you're pre-approved, you know, we're going to gather the documents we need to make sure that w- the information you gave us is correct. Uh, we're going to look at the guidelines and see what programs you qualify for. We're going to go through numbers with you. And then we're going to put you back with your realtor and go, okay, they're looking in Byram, and they're looking from 150 to 220 and, and they need to do this loan program, and the seller needs to contribute this much in closing costs. And then you're going to go out and, and, and find that home. We're going to get a contract signed by all parties. Uh, once the contract is signed, we, we begin processing the loans, what we call it. And that, that is, you know, uh, updating any, any kind of, you know, maybe we got pay stubs over 30 days ago. We need to update that. We're going to get the appraisal on the property. We're going to order title work on the property to make sure it has a clear lien. We're going to get insurance set up with your insurance provider. We're going through the due diligence that we need to do to make sure everybody is protected, all parties. And, uh you know, that's normally a two- to three-week process um, and can be quicker, can be a little longer, depending on the program. And then we're moving to the closing uh, with the closing attorney and going through the actual execution of all the loan documents. And that's when you're signing and signing. That's, that's when you get the carpal tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and more and more people are going to the e-signings nowadays. We're seeing it uh, become more and more prevalent. And uh, mm. I think that's at some point it'll be 100%. Everybody will be doing it. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when I bought my house, it, it was... It wasn't arduous, you know, but it was almost kind of fun that, you know, because, yeah. you know, each signature was getting you one one step That's closer right. to being a homeowner. That's so. right. Back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Ron's in Byram with a question. Good morning, Ron. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my question pertains to not so much a mortgage, but a land loan uh, for small pockets of land, anywhere from five to 20 acres, if you want to buy that and build your house. Um, it's extremely difficult to get a land loan. Um, they consider it an agricultural uh, uh, business, and most banks uh, don't want to fool with it. So my question is, what what's the process if an individual wanted to purchase, say, 5 to 15 acres of land and build a home? What, what would be the, the best way to get a loan for land? Is that something that your bank deals with? And also, they want you to put down 20% on those land loans. Uh, so just a little insight on that, if you can. 
Hey, Ron, thanks for calling. Um, there are several different ways to do that. So a lot of it depends on how quickly you're going to build on the property. If you're, if you're going to build right away, normally what we would do is we were going to do a construction loan for that. And, and what I mean by that is the construction loan is held by the bank in bank, and you're making interest-only payments throughout the construction term based on the amount you've borrowed. Okay? What uh-huh. normally happens is once we've got you approved for that construction loan, your first draw is to buy the property. Okay, and then of course your second and third draws are consequently you know getting ready you know prepping the land to build on. Uh, that's the easiest, quickest way. Now, if you're gonna if it's gonna be a while, you know some people want to buy a piece of land, get it paid for, then build on it down the road. It becomes a little bit more complicated, and, and we've got some ways to do that, and we have some partners that we can partner with and help you with that as well, too. So, uh, But, yeah, that's it, it all depends on how quickly you're going to build, to be honest with you. As far as the down payment, if you're doing a construction loan, uh, it's based on the equity in the property. Uh, and usually what we go off of is, is the cost of the project or the value, whichever is lower. So in other words, if, if let's just say for round number's sake, it's $100,000 for the land, but you're buying it for eighty, you automatically uh-huh. have $20,000 of equity in that property that's going to be um, it's going to be considered in the grand scheme of things. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you much. Thank you, Ron. Very helpful. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call, Ron. Let's uh, take one final break this hour. When we get back, we'll wrap things up. We are on Money Talks today, visiting with Adam Black, who is a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank. We've been talking about mortgage loans, also looking for your personal finance questions. Back to wrap up Money Talks after this final break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotcher-Janderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. We've been visiting this hour with Adam Black, a mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank, who's been telling us about mortgage loans, and we always look for your personal finance questions as well each Tuesday morning. Still a little bit of time to get a question answered and some open phone lines, so if you want to jump in, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Scott's on the line this morning from Jackson. You're on the air, Scott. Go ahead. Good question. Um, with the credit score in about 820, 830, what's the current rate for a 30-year and a 15-year, roughly? <laughs> Hey, Scott, uh, we're not allowed to quote rates, actually, by the CFPB's rulings. Well, uh, okay, why don't you I just can, tell us what the average yeah, rate that's is? What I'm gonna say. <laughs> How about that? You know, you're you're going to, yeah, you're, you're probably going to be um, four and a half or below on a 15 and four and a half yeah. or above on a 30. That, that's the, that's probably the, 
the narrowest I can give you. But yeah, and and interestingly enough, the gap in a fifteen and thirty is not as wide as it used to be. So sometimes people are are actually, I'd say, actually more more than not now, people are going with the thirty to give themselves the flexibility. And then just remaining diligent and and paying it to a 15-year mortgage. So uh, over the last few years, what's the lowest fixed rate you've given? In 2012, I locked a 10-year at 2.625%. Oh, wow. That's free money, y'all. That's free money. 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 Come and get it. I remember doing the amortization on that and going, wow, this guy doesn't (laughs) know how lucky he just got. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thanks for your call. And so I guess uh, that's interesting because I I think traditionally it was the 30-year mortgage and then it kind of went to the 15, and now you're saying it's a little bit maybe headed back towards the 30? Yeah, we see more and more people do it simply because the cost of housing has risen. Mm -hmm. Um, The gap between the 15 and 30 isn't as wide as it used to be, so it doesn't make as much financial sense. Uh, But, you know, also something that people don't realize, you can do a 25, you can do a 20. You know, people just don't think about that. And every five years counts. You know, you would never think that your mortgage guy wants you to pay your house off, but, but I do. I want you to be financially independent. And, and well, and for most young families, the ones that we work with, they usually end up with a thirty-year mortgage yeah. because mm-hmm. you know they're in, uh, you know, they're not yeah. earning as much. They're getting started in careers and families, mm-hmm. and so that monthly cash crunch really makes a difference. That payment is just so much yeah. lower with the 30 And year. what we will tell them is, okay, go ahead and go for the 30, but you can do the setting it up to make an extra payment a year yeah. uh, or throw some extra money in when you get a bonus to try to chip down those years. On, on average, making one extra payment a year on a 30-year, and this is average, of course, it, it knocks about eight to nine years off the mortgage. That's wow. amazing. That's crazy. I, think that's, yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't think most people would realize that. So <laughs> that is, that's yes, a, that's, and, and I just tell people to break and you eat that elephant one body at a time. You break it down into into tenths. You make mm-hmm. a tenth of a, a payment every month, make an extra tenth, and it's amazing how that adds up. Mm-hmm. And that's and then a lot of times I think uh, when and I'll use myself as an example. When you're just starting out, you don't think the long term. But boy, if, if you're if you plan ahead like that, you know when you get down and you've shaved eight years off your mortgage, you you thank yourself. You thank your younger self for being wise. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Madeline's on the line from Jackson. Madeline, you're up next. Go ahead, please. I am um, a student. I just finished school, and I have quite a few student loans, and I'm going to start paying on those. I don't have a credit card um, or yet, and so I was just wondering. I've heard those student loans can help build my credit history. Yeah, that's correct, Madeline. They're going to... Um Student loans are the scourge of our industry right now. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, you know, when they're in deferment, they are not helping you. And a lot of times they're hindering you. So, yeah, once you begin paying them back, it does show as credit paid and it does help. Uh, The credit card thing, they're different schools of thought. It does impact your credit scores more than anything if used wisely. Is the disclaimer it, there? It will also impact it more than anything else if used poorly, exactly. but not in the right direction. That's exactly right. <laughs> but there are some. Um, I've heard there's been changes in how uh, student loans are looked at when you're applying for a loan. There's different are. programs that might. Could you talk about? Yeah, what so, to think about there. So, and, that, and that's constantly evolving because the the powers that be realize that student loans are hindering home ownership more than anything else right now. Um, so that's on a constant change, but. Uh, you know, different loan programs look at the repayment of student loans different ways. In other words, uh, is there payment in place? If not, 
we're going to use X for the payment? Is it an income-based repayment? Can we use that on this program? So there are a lot of different things, and it's a lot to keep up with. So, uh, But, yeah, they're, student loans, once you start paying them back, they are going to help you. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Madeline. Um, so um, when we talk about closing, what are closing costs? And is that part of the loan? Yeah. So uh, interestingly enough, there's uh, – when we talk about closing costs, there are actually two parts of that. There are closing costs and there are prepaids. Closing costs are the cost involved to close your loan, um, and that is incurred through all the vendors, your lender, the appraiser, the closing attorney, the termite guy, anybody that might be involved in that closing and what those costs are. And everybody's varies. Okay, They're, they're fairly similar in each market, but, but they vary by some. Then your prepaids uh, is normally your, uh, you know, your first year's insurance, homeowner's insurance, an escrow account that we set up with most loans. And that escrow account is set up so that we're paying a twelfth of your insurance and a twelfth of your taxes in each monthly payment for your home so that when those come to you the next year, we're making that payment on your behalf so that you don't have that big lump sum come in in December and, and then whenever the homeowner's insurance is involved. So, so those two things comprise your closing costs. And what about discount points? Discount points is on a case-by-case basis. As rates rise, they are making more sense to pay. Yeah. Discount points is... The, the fee you pay to buy down your interest rate. So let's say today's interest rate is 4.75, uh, and you can go to 4.625 for 0.25%. That's 0.25% of your loan amount. Okay, uh, it's We're really looking at that more and more. Uh, historically, they haven't made sense to pay in our market. Lower loan amounts, uh, historically low interest rates, they just didn't make sense. But now, as our loan amounts go up, with housing uh, becoming increasingly exp- more expensive and, uh, and rates going up, a lot of times it makes sense. you know. And so that's something a mortgage broker would do, would be mm-hmm. to do the math to look at. Do the math. Yeah, Does like, it make like, sense yeah, to buy Personally, I have some software that shows you the five-year return and the 15-year return. And, and we look at it and go, okay, you're going to be in the house four and a half years. Let's look at a five-year. Are you recouping your money? That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. You want to make sure that you're re- there's some benefit there. If not, it's just wasted money. Okay, we got uh, less than a minute left. Um, if you could maybe uh, give us some uh, contact information. Yes, I can be reached at 601-540-0302, and my email is adam.black at renaissance.bank, and that's R-E-N-A-S-A-N-T. All right. Any final words? Align yourself with professionals. I think it's so important to bring everyone to the table, uh, your financial planners. Uh, anybody that is involved with your finances needs to be there, uh, your spouse, obviously. I see a lot of that where only one spouse is heading everything up. And uh, you know, help let them help you make uh, wise decisions. Seek wise counsel. All right. Thanks so much for being with us. I want to thank Adam Black uh, for stopping by today to help us learn more about mortgage loans. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. There's also the MPB Public Media app. When you download that, you listen to MPB Think Radio on your schedule. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was our new intern, Kobe Vance. So for Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, Ryder Tapp, and Adam Black, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned up next at 10. It's In Legal Terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.